0: 475 Evolutionary Radio Q&A coming your way. Steve Spee in the Rickster Ricky V. Rock live
1: from the Bronx. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. Can't get any
0: better, buddy, than, than, uh, than just chilling in the basement headquarters of Evo. Underground with the Ninja Turtles in the Bronx with the rats and in the sewer here where we're at. This is where we do the podcast. So we have five great Q&A's coming your way. The first one, Rick, is for you, is for you. How long does it take to feel a difference when starting Steroids? Really, really good question because you can take it at a different angle. So I'm going to let you have first crack at this, and I'm going to kind of come in and take it at a different angle.
1: So, um, yeah, basically, um, how long does it take to feel the difference? It depends on what you're using. A lot of like, some, like a good oral, like let's say Dianabol, uh, um, you're going to feel that pretty much right away. Dianable is one of those steroids you could actually take pre-workout and feel something from it. You know, that one, you'd actually get a boost. Now, funny enough, I've noticed on Dianable, like, you, you feel something more from, from it right after you take it. When you've been on it for a few days, it seems like on, like, day three, day four, right after you take it, boom, you feel something. It's a good pre-workout one. Um, check drops, halo. It's known for uh, that those sort of effects, uh, so those are two good ones. Uh, uh, I will say suspension. I felt uh, quite randy, baby, after a after a good shot of suspension of just testosterone alone. And you know what's funny? I don't. I didn't feel like Winstrol did that, but I think testosterone kind of sort of did, like right at the right at the spot. Dizzle. Um, that's kind of about it uh, for the most part. Um, everything is going to take over a day. Once you get into, say, trembolone acetate or propionate, testosterone propionate, now you need a day to kind of see it, you know, kind of feel it. Um, I know like tremolone, uh the next day uh, my pee smells different. Just a little thing, just that little, that little trembolone zizzle <laughs> in my, from my, coming from the kidneys. Uh, but it, it takes about a day, you know, it takes about a day. And even even on that date. Uh, so that's kind of like the the times, everything else, man, it takes a while to build up, you know, like start taking something like EQ. I mean, you're not really on it, on it, on it, or you're not on, on the dose that you kind of game that you want it to be until you're after like your third or fourth shot is when you're really getting that. Like, like, you don't feel like you're on 400 milligrams a week of equipoise until like your fourth or fifth shot of 400 milligrams a week of equipoise. You know what I mean? That's when you start to feel that bad boy. And those are the longer Esther ones. So definitely Esther um, Esther plays a role. Esther plays a role. Yeah. I
0: I can tell you the first time I used steroids, um, they hit me like a ton of bricks. I was using... Sustanon. I was using Diana bowl. I think the it was the Diana bowl that really kicked in quick, you know, and I was feeling a difference in my lifts. Instead of being able to do six reps, the same amount of weight, I was able to do eight reps. And I can remember even the first rep I did, I was like, wow, this shit felt light, you know? So in terms of that, but once you start using steroids, the more and more you use them, the less of effect you notice. And it becomes – Gets to the point where something like trend it would be something you feel like after a week or two. You feel a difference in the gym. You are getting those weird trend pumps that you don't get without trend. You start getting the weird Anovar pumps, the weird winstrol pumps. You know, the pumps really start getting intense when you're really doing isolation lifts and you're really doing drop sets and stuff like that. So I, I say in terms of that, you'll start noticing a difference. And I think, too, you know, maybe maybe what happens, too, is you start feeling those androgens start kicking in. But it's a subtle, subtle thing, you know, but the first couple cycles, you really notice it quick. And then the more you use them, those androgens, you don't really notice those androgens. So I would say this really depends. Uh, you may not feel uh, I can remember I ran a prima cycle. I really didn't feel like I was on anything. You know, for, I was on Primo, what, 10, 12 weeks. I didn't feel like I was anything. I was getting a difference in the mirror. I was looking more cut. I was getting lean muscle mass, but I wasn't getting the strength improvements. I wasn't getting much anything uh, of anything else. So it wasn't really something that I, I was feeling. So if you really want to feel stuff from steroids, you have to run the more androgenic steroids. You know, you're going to feel, if you run Super droll, you're going to feel that droll within a week. You're going to feel the side effects. You're going to feel the changes in your strength. You run Trend, you're going to feel the Trend. You run Anadrol, you're going to feel the Anadrol. You run Dianable, you're going to feel those pumps. You're going to feel that water retention. You're going to feel a difference, you see? So it really depends on what steroid you're running and at one point of the journey you're on. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is stacking GH into a steroid cycle worth it? So that's a really good question. I get asked this question a lot by my clients. And, you know, the way I answer this is pretty simple. I tell my clients, I was like, I'm like, look, if you get blood work done, and you have low growth hormone levels, and you run two IUs of growth hormone, good quality growth hormone, which is plenty, you'll notice a difference. But if you're in your 20s, and you already have good growth hormone levels, then it's not going to be worth it to run growth hormone because your growth hormone levels are already pretty good. So it it would, would be kind of pointless to waste the money on the growth hormone. So I would say once you get in your forties and fifties, it might be a good idea to start messing around with growth hormone. It's going to increase your appetite. It's going to help your sleep. It's going to help you sleep harder. It's going to help with fat loss. It's going to do a lot of things that, as you get older may become a struggle and may be advantageous to use something like growth hormone, but you shouldn't have problems sleeping in your twenties. You shouldn't have problems with appetite in your twenties and you sure as hell shouldn't have problems with fat loss in your twenties. You see? So my, my point of view is if you're deficient in growth hormone, adding it to a steroid cycle is a wonderful thing, but if you're not, it's kind of pointless. And another thing, too, you see the pros, you know, they all use growth hormone, for sure, but they use a lot of it. And when you use a lot of growth hormone, you run the risk of blood sugar, your blood sugar going up. You run the risk of being insulin resistant. So you really have to use insulin to get that blood sugar down when you run all that growth hormone. So don't try to copy what the pros are doing. Don't try to run 5 10 15 I use a growth hormone a day because you're only going to screw yourself. You see? Cuz they have the genetics, they're running insulin, they're running a bunch of shit with it, okay? Bunch of stuff that you don't need. And they're getting huge off that growth hormone. That growth hormone is helping them get huge. You you don't need to go down that route. You're not a pro. Your goal isn't to be 280 pounds, right? Your goal is to look good. 95% of you who listen to this. Your goal is to look good, right? You want to look good in the mirror. You want to look good on the beach. So running a shitload of growth hormone. makes absolutely no sense. You're just wasting your money going down that route. So Rick, um, clean up a little bit of the stuff I'm talking about.
1: Well, if you can get good, legitimate growth hormone, it's, it's, Probably the best thing, in my opinion, to complement a good steroid cycle. If you had to pick between growth hormone or insulin, definitely growth hormone. Definitely. I don't think the guts and and some of these, some of the monstrous uh, looking parts of professional bodybuilding, I think those are caused mainly by insulin. I think growth hormone Growth hormone and testosterone are great. Most of us can get where we want to go with our physiques. With just growth hormone and good, good all human great testosterone. Those two and just, just stay grinding in, in the gym and just keep your diet on point. You know, don't fall off. You got, you keep your diet on point. You don't fall off and you keep it, you keep it grinding in the gym. Really, really guys, like you can, you can look great just on those two. You don't need a ton of different things, but if you get good, legitimate, the problem with growth hormone is if it's not legit, if it's not coming from just a completely watertight, trusted source, I mean, everything from mishandling all the way from the chain of manufacturing to even you, if you don't know what the hell you're doing and you or reconstitute it and then you squirt, you know, squirt bacteriostatic water around into the wafer, break it up. Um, like that, like even just at any level, mishandling, you're going to damage some of it. So as long as you get good, great stuff, um, steroids plus your human growth hormone, look about as good as you want to look. Maybe turn back the clock a little bit. Steroids plus uh, insulin, uh, the gut. That, that weird look. More monstrosity. Yeah, you getting more mass on that, I think. But you start to get that mass kind of fat, pot belly <laughs> abs, I think, is where most mainly coming from. A lot of people agree with me. You mix the three? That's kind of the – that's really, at the end of the day, sort of the Mr. Olympia cocktail. They're, they're exploding all, all of these three pathways towards – gaining muscle mass and burning body fat um they're 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 the three pathways which is androgen receptors insulin and then the growth hormones and in the growth realm you, you've got obviously uh, some peptides and things like that right um also they're tossing T, t3 in there they're they're tossing t3 in there right along with everything so um yeah definitely is um it's a uh, GH just plain works. Look, just GH on its own. How about just GH on its own? You know, even, even if all you had was just some GH by itself, you know, for most guys out there, testosterone levels are good or you just grab a good testosterone booster, maybe pick up HC Generate from me, hcgenerate.com, plug in my own product, um, and, and some good human growth hormone from the doctor. Got pretty damn good combination. You know, GH is on its own is great. It's, if you could do one thing, obviously a little bit of test, if you could add a good second thing, legitimately afford it. testing human growth hormone, in my opinion, um, I just continue to just say insulin is it's just not needed unless you're pro level and the judges want you to become monster uh, to, to, to give you that W then don't, no need to mess with, with, uh, with insulin in my opinion.
0: Next one we're going to talk about is a home gym, how to spend money on a home gym. So years ago, I built my own home gym. I made the mistake of buying brand new equipment. I went to a, like a retail store. I bought some equipment there. I went online. I bought some equipment there. I had it shipped. Very expensive to ship. This is really heavy stuff, right? I needed rubber weights. I couldn't find rubber weights anywhere. So I had to order online. And I think it was UPS or FedEx delivered it. They charged like 75 bucks just to deliver it. So huge mistake, huge mistake on that that route. Um, The best thing to do is to buy used. A lot of people in your town, when they go out and they buy exercise equipment, weights, bench presses, squat racks, all this stuff, right? And they might use it for a couple of weeks and then they quit, all right? They get... Or they just use it once a month. It just sits in the garage gathering dust. They want to get rid of it. They want to clear out space. During the pandemic, same thing. People stopped going to gyms. Everyone started getting a home gym. You couldn't find equipment. It was all getting bought out. All that equipment has been now sitting in people's garages and gathering dust. Because either they quit. And they don't use it anymore, or they're back in their gym. So, in the end, the time is now to go and search. You know these websites. You know the Craigslist, the Backpage, and I don't even know if Backpage and Craigslist are still even around. I think Craigslist is still around, but some of these pages. There's all kinds of apps now where you can sell things. I know there's uh, apps to buy furniture, so you can go on these places. And even if you don't own a truck, I don't own a truck, Rick doesn't own a truck, but you know, what you can do is just go to like the Home Depot or any type of trucking place and rent a truck for the day and, you know, pay 40 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe I think Home Depot, they charge like 25, 30 bucks, man, for like four hours or five hours. So what you could do is you can go check out the equipment at the people's homes that they're selling and then kind of lowball them on the price, but be polite about it. You don't want to insult the people, you know, because they might just kick you out and be like, no, fuck off. I'm not selling this to you, but you can be surprised. Just lowball, Be like, look, I don't have a truck. I'm going to have to go rent a truck from Home Depot. It's going to cost this much money. Can you take this off the price? You know, I'm going to have to pay someone to come with me and haul the stuff away. So just a little 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 bit of hustle that way, you can get some really good good deals. You can just basically clean these people out and you'll be helping them you're doing them a favor because they need the room in their garage right and they're not using the equipment anyway, so really you're doing them a favor by taking the shit off their hands and then you know that's why how you start acquiring. Equipment, I think some of the most important things that you need to acquire when you're doing a home gym are mats are very important so you can protect the floors. I think it's very important. Mirrors are important. If you can find used mirrors that you can put, you know, against the wall, that is really good. Squat racks, Olympic style bars, which should weigh about 45 pounds. Rubber weights are really, really important. If you could find rubber weights that are used, you save a fortune on rubber weights. And then, and then iron weights obviously are really, really important too. dumbbells, racks, you know, stuff like that. Bench, a bench press. You get a squat rack that you can turn into a bench press as well. That's great. Um, And then, you know, that pretty much covers it. I mean, you don't have to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars buying all this shit brand new like i did you know a while back 20 years ago so that's what i would do that's what i would do and um i know so many people you just go to their house and they just have all this equipment in their garage that they don't even use so you know that that would be the best way to do it
1: what do you think rick yeah so um I'll give you guys some quick guidelines for just trying to have a good, uh, a good weight set at home. And I'll, I'll give you guys the smallest setup possible. You know, uh, there, there just aren't that many people out there that have the space, you know? So if you have a, a small space, what's a good gym setup. So I'm going to just kind of give you the, the real basics. Uh Number one, and I'm going to, it's coming a lot from personal experience and personal preferences. So if this is not um, my goals are not the same as yours, maybe at least you could understand my mentality when putting this together and how, how I go about it. So number one, obviously, this is all to stay fit. Uh, home gym is I need to have, obviously, bicycle, stationary and outdoor bicycle. You know, uh, getting out on the trail, getting in the fresh air, have a bike rack for your, for your car. It's a great way. To get uh to get some cardio uh in you, so get great way to zone out and get some get some cardio in you. Get off your earphones, go on a nice nature trail. No matter what city you're in, you can drive to where you can just unload your bike off your bike rack in your car and then just go on a trail for hours. Put your phone uh, in a little pouch in case you in case of emergency, but don't no earphones, none of that. So you can listen to nature. Listen, a fucking man might be trying to eat you. You know, just be aware if you're biking around cars and stuff. So that, that's very basic. And then obviously have your home home bike. Uh, there's a lot of uh, content that I have to uh, uh, listen to uh, um, audios, things like that. A lot of reading and just getting on my bike uh, to do my reading time. I'll set my tablet up, a uh, big tablet in front of me and just get get and just get on my bike. I mean it it just it's just a good way to get cardio in, especially when the weather's shitty, if it's too cold, if it's way too hot, if uh, you know, the day ran across you you couldn't get your miles of bike trekking in, just put them in at night before bed on your stationary bike. That's one thing. Uh two, um, dumbbells, 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 dumbbells. Um, if you could if you could afford it, uh get the get the ones that are adjustable, the ones that it's just one quick stand, small space, sticky hand. In the way you know, shift. There's different models, and they'll give you good range. Just get the the proper range that you that you need for you. And go the adjustable ones. I mean, dumbbells are just dumbbells. Just are just necessary. And then um, get yourself a good seat, a good bench. Just a good, good bench. You can incline, rec- decline a little bit, or, or you know, the whole, just nice, sturdy, good, good, good bench that stands alone. By the way. There's a nice, good standalone bench. Nice, good standalone bench. And that thing's got to be sturdy. Uh good made of good, hard, solid foam. Don't cheap out on your, on your bench, man. If you get a good bench, you go at work. You could put the bench up, sit on it, do biceps on that thing. Real delts sitting on that thing. You lay it, uh, you lay it back. You can do skull crushers on that thing. You can do, uh, you know, rows, dumbbell rows, on that thing, you could you could put your chest incline it, put your chest against it, do shoulders, do biceps with your arms hanging off. Like there's just so many things you could do with a good, good, just make sure it's a good solid bench. And then what you want to do is and remember, this is like my no room zero uh uh space room uh setup. Um you could have them custom made if you know what you're doing, or you could buy them probably. Just get the a rack. Um, you need two beams, uh, square beams or whatever that are you could secure up to your wall, maybe even, and then you have the arms, and you could you could sort of use that for both. If you play it right, you could take your bench that you already have that's nice and sturdy, uh, place it in the middle of your rack, and uh, I would have the floor marked out. I would have measured everything out. Have notches on the floor where I know my bench is is. Is it the same distance when I need to use it for, for bench press? Use that for bench press or raise the arms. And without the bench press, use that as your kind of uh, squat rack. You know what I mean? You, and, and have it go up against the wall. And um, definitely you need a nice uh, barbell. Uh, definitely weights to put on that barbell. Uh, and you need a, a curl bar. Easy curl bar is great. So uh, uh, just your regular Olympic 45-pound barbell. I wouldn't, um, dumbbells you can get creative with, home gym, fucking real juicer out there. You wouldn't settle for anything less than having a real 45 pound barbell with real plates in your possession at home. Just don't, like, you just, what else you want? Just, you know, just use that, use, use that for curls and have the easy curl bar for like more con, like concentration work. Like when you do, uh, uh, when you do skull crushers and things like that, um, what else could you add to that? Uh really, I mean, I got my bike from my cardio. Oh, heavy bag, obviously. Definitely, definitely would have a heavy bag. What's cool about a heavy bag is you can um you can kind of wheel your your bike to the corner, hang up your heavy bag, work on it, take your heavy bag off the off the of of the rack of your whatever you put in your ceiling, t- toss it on the side, wheel out your your bike. You know, I mean, it's just just a nice kind of uh New York apartment gym, I should say, style. What other things? Uh, mirrors, nice big ass mirrors on the wall. Get that, get that full kind of whole oh, experience. Nice speaker, nice speaker to pump pump the jams while you're doing it. A uh, mat, so you can get on the floor and do some at work. Some good, some good kind of work. Um, good uh, 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 braces on the wall so that you can uh, get some rubbers, some bands, and do some kind of band work. If you like a rich guy, big rich guy, get get that, that thing with the big TV and the two arms that customize the workout and stuff. I've seen it around. It looks interesting as how research it obviously is a big purchase. Get the best one out there. But that thing with the screen and the two arms of the pulleys looks incredible. I use a lot, I do a lot of pulley work. And interestingly enough, getting pulleys with weights, like weights pulleys, is one of the more uh more expensive, more not so home accessible pieces of gym equipment. That's why you know rubber bands uh, attached to the wall come in handy. But man, if you can get a a pulley like just a a cross pulley rack, that then, then you can then use for triceps and 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 use it for like a, a cable crossovers, and you could use them for uh, even biceps. You know, like that could be that would be that would be hot too if you get like the racks. You know, th- these all like the the cool piece of gym equipment. I don't really know. What tells, I mean, I guess maybe a preacher curl if you're a big curling guy. I'm not a big curling guy. I do I br- rarely get on preacher curl myself? Um, maybe get those, those those maybe extra equipment like those racks that that you put in front of your chest so that you can uh, isolate better when you when you do standing curls. Um, you know, it's that that. There's some things, little extra things you can add, but mainly those would be my pieces: my stationary bike, um, something mounted on the wall that I can bring up and down for both cha- uh, a bench and squats. Uh, to use as a rack and i would mount to right up to the wall if you could do a freestanding rack that'd be awesome good sturdy bench that you can move around the room to, to get into different different situations move around the rack to do everything mark off where your where the center is so when you when you tuck it when you pull your your thing in for bench is always in the right spot you don't have to eye it every time and uh good thick thick rubber matting uh, on the on the ground um, I'd have it probably as few dumbbells as possible, and maybe a little, you know, a kettlebell assortment wouldn't be bad either. If you're doing functional stuff, it's going to be part of the show today, We're going to talk about if you're doing sports-specific stuff, then you know kettlebells, uh, some you know some weights on ropes, um, some heavy bats, uh, medicine balls. Uh, you know, this is this is you know, if you you there's a lot you could do with a with a medicine ball and a and a wall. <laughs> i mean or by yourself you know what i mean and uh, there's a lot you could do with medicine ball and 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 a, a yoga mat by yourself you know it's just like how sp- sport specific you want to get i mean you could you could grab just a a couple sets of kettle belts um and just do almost a whole body workout with, with a kettlebell Like get there like it's really how creative you are you know what you're doing and and mainly what your main goals are really you know Damn, bro. I didn't know you were that passionate about home gyms. Oh, I I've I've always uh I've always owned gym equipment. The worst piece of home gym equipment you can buy, in my opinion, is buying one of those cheap bench presses. Like those things, I don't know, man. Those uh um the ones where it's like a little wooden board and it's got foam and they, they just they just stapled a, a you know fake leather around it and and it's tiny and it's it's light and yeah. Those, those I remember yeah, I never really yeah like I, I I had one of those as a kid but I think like if you're going to do that just don't do that just get a good bench and then just do just for your bench if you can't get a rack just do a, a dumbbell flies and then you then your <clears throat> bench workout but just get like in my opinion those benches with cheap a cheap ass bench with the rack for the bench press is the, is the worst investment you can make I think instead- uh get a really good bench that you could stand alone, free free alone that has no, no obstructions around it. And then just get creative. You know, if you can't, if you can't do a bench with a full bar, then use dumbbells. You know, if you can't like, don't, I think one of the worst pieces is, is the really cheapo bench press with the leg extension kind of machine. I'm sure some guys out there listening to this have gotten incredible workouts on those and you know, you can, but it's not a piece of equipment that i consistently would want to use it's something that i would use out of desperation for not getting a workout and nowadays you know when i was a kid and i had my my golds uh gym uh you know yeah. uh, black one with, with gold gym's gold on it and and the and the weight set that i got uh from some of the first mail order catalogs <laughs> When I was a kid I mean that was I enjoyed the hell out of that But I was a kid You know Once you're grown up You've been banging weights around As long as we have You need some real man shit I'd rather have less equipment And it'll be like man equipment Than have a, a bunch of like cheapo kind of housewife or, or, or teenager equipment You know what I mean?
0: Yeah I think the worst piece of equipment Is a Smith machine That's you know That's that I mean it's such So like not natural to have that that motion that range of motion with a smith machine just um really 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 good way to injure yourself so a
1: lot a lot of people like them a lot of people hate them i definitely wouldn't if i had a home gym a smith machine would not probably not be in my top 10 or 12 pieces of equipment i would have well the ironic
0: thing is is these gyms you know they usually have a smith machine and not a squat squat rack or a bench press because they, it's for safety reasons. Right. But the ironic thing is a Smith machine is more dangerous than that. It's just because dummies, you know, hurt themselves on a bench press and dummies hurt themselves on a uh, squat rack. But if you know what you're doing, you could get yourself injured on a Smith machine um, because what you're going to do is you're going to kind of throw out your joints and stuff like you put a lot of pressure on your joints. So I don't recommend Smith machines. At all, we'll we'll talk about that on the f- future podcast for sure. Why I don't recommend them, I'll kind of get into it again.
1: Yeah, it, it'd be yep. good. Sorry, I, I don't really fuck with Smith machines. I have for uh, very specific things here here and there, very specific situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I I don't you know I, I'm very uh very wary uh, of them. I don't. I rather just use the free bar and have a spotter if I'm doing something uh a, a little dicey. But yeah, I don't, don't fuck with myth machines. It restricts. I don't. I don't really like anything that restricts movement too much. And if you notice uh, all of my recommendations, it's just better weights, uh, better ways of doing free weights, pretty much, except for the for the bicycle, which I don't. I don't. Need, I wouldn't even do a treadmill. Like, why well, have a treadmill? Just get out and run. If you have a treadmill at home, just get the fuck out and run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, treadmill. I don't get me started on yeah, treadmills yeah. or ellipticals <laughs> or or a uh, um, uh, 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 stationary bike. Don't get me started on those.
1: Well, we'll talk about that definitely.
0: We're going to get into a
1: weight training. Yeah. Uh, we're going to. Into- and, 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 and for me, by the way, um, when the weather's bad, especially like down. I mean, let's say I'm in, I'm in Columbia during rainy season. I can't. I can't get out mountain biking much. It's a good way for me to keep my my uh, my bicycle, my pedaling legs going, uh, because it's you know it's it the the pedals sit the same distance from the bicycle no matter if i'm going uphill downhill so it's really just doing that one specific movement and continue practicing it. So when i get out on the on the field it's you know i'm still i'm still good um but i mean that's part of my lifestyle but yeah i mean they're really cardio man my favorite cardio is hitting the bag hitting the bag second is is the bicycle and third is just getting out and running if that's that's what it is but fuck man some of these treadmills and ellipticals are so boring to me dude incredible
0: let's get into the next topic it's going to be sitting at a desk all day versus construction job and weight training after and um boy oh boy i can see two different uh, scenarios on this one so sitting at a desk job all day um really takes a toll on your back you're slouching your shoulders are getting rolled forward then you go have you know you go weight train um and you know kind of throws off your you know the just kind of throws off your, your symmetry, you know, when you're weight training, um, it throws off your, um, you know, just the way, you know, you slouch and stuff, and it can, it can kind of affect your, your whole spine health. And then the weight training can make your spine health worse, obviously, because you're putting a lot of pressure on your spine and on the flip side of construction job, you're doing all that labor all day. And then you go weight train on top of it. And you're doing even more labor. you putting on even more pressure on your body. So I can see both scenarios being a negative situation. But unfortunately, most of us, you know, who aren't trust fund babies, have to work. You know, we work um, all day. And we're either going to go to the gym before work or we're going to go after work. So my suggestion My suggestion, personally, I like the idea of getting out my workout over with earlier in the day. This way, you know, especially if you have, let's say you have a desk job, get it out of the way early, then you have your desk job versus working your job all day, then going to the gym. But, you know, that's not always possible with some people. Some people have to work out later in the day. So really everybody has to go through that, you know? So it really, it's one of those things where your nutrition is very important. Your sleep is very important because that's when you recover and repair your body is when you're sleeping. So really it's, it's going to boil down to those two things. I mean, if you're going to be able to, to survive the whole weight training grind, that's what it's all about. And it can be done. It may boil down to you changing up the way you train. You're going to have to train smarter and more efficient, not train harder, not pound your body into the dirt. Okay. Like you see these professionals, these pro bodybuilders, they pound their body into the dirt. They do four or five day splits and they pound the shit out of their muscle groups. All right. But they don't have a real job. All right. They are making a living bodybuilding. They're selling their, you know, they're doing endorsements. They are, they have, you know, a supplement line, a clothing line, whatever. They're not really working a full nine to five job like most of us do. So in their situation, they can pound their body into the dirt and it's not going to be a big deal. You see? So I personally, I can't imagine on the flip side, Construction job, if you do a, a hard labor construction job and then you want to weight train on top of it in the same day, I can't imagine you lasting very long at this. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, you know, but that's just the reality. You can get away with it in your 20s. You're probably going to get away with it for most of your 30s. But once you get into your 40s and 50s, it's just not going to work anymore. That's just too much trauma on your body, you know, because weight training is tough on the body, man. It's tough. If you get an MRI done on your spine at 40 years old, and you've been weight training for 20 years, you're going to be 12, 15 years ahead when it comes to your spine health. That's what a doctor, your author is going to tell you that, because they told me that. And I never, even, I never worked construction jobs. I worked desk jobs my whole life. And even my spine is 10, 12 years ahead of where it needs to be just from weight training for 20 years, for 25 years. You see. So, I can't imagine on top of it doing a construction job. It's just not plausible to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. So, I mean, if you do work a construction job and you weight train, you're going to have to figure something out where you either back off on your job a little bit or you back off on the weight training. You know, that's that's the only plausible
1: scenario I see. What's your opinion on this one, Rick? Well, I'm going to take it from just a little bit of a different angle. Uh, um I think you said what needed to be said about weight training. I mean, it, it'd be pretty hard to do a construction demanding, physically demanding job and then going to weight train after. I, I'd be hard seeing that. Uh, that being said, um, guys who do construction, like real construction, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it back a little bit to even even include like third world construction people. We've all seen the videos on YouTube of these guys in in South America and India uh, carrying four, five, six, seven even. Looking at picture one right now because I Googled it, seven bags of concrete. These bags of concrete in the U.S., they're usually 90 to 100 pounds, 94 pounds is the average one in the U.S. Outside of the world markets, usually around 40-something to to 50 pounds each bag. And you have a guy who looks, looks pretty skinny, man. Some of these guys, they don't look the part... And he's just got a piece of rope and a stack of seven bags of concrete right in front of him. He's just got the rope wrapped around his both hands, just carrying the bags in front of him like a, you know, like it's a cake or something, a seven layer cake of concrete. Um, or they'll, they'll sit there and just somebody from a truck will lay bag of concrete upon bag of concrete, four, five, six, seven stack. And these guys walk it, walk it over. Skinny dude, probably no more than 160, 70 pounds soaking wet. Walks across the yard with uh five, five uh five fifty pound bags of concrete on their shoulders. This is kind of like real you you real strength you know big muscles don't always mean you're gonna get really strong and be really strong doesn't always mean you're gonna have humongous muscles getting nice big round muscle bellies I think has a lot more to do with that mind and muscle connection full contraction and all those real things like isolating the muscle to get the most work out of it. You know, when you do, when you do a, okay. When you do a preacher curl, when you do a bicep curl, right. You're actually putting the muscle in your whole body in sort of the worst position to really lift that weight. You're making it so that the whole weight of that, of that is just in one, it's just in the bicep, you know, just a couple of muscles. You're isolated. That's not the, best way to carry weight really um but when uh a construction worker 150 pound 160 pound uh, you know uh, a construction worker building a cement and brick house in Nicaragua when the guy puts a stack of six bags of concrete 300 pounds on his shoulder twice his body weight and walks that bitch <laughs> you know some 15 meters whatever 20 where they're mixing the concrete and he does that over and over again until a couple unload the truck that's a combination of the muscle strengthening and also a good technique taking over and the muscles working together with the with the bone structure so um the 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 isolation exercises we're doing in the gym are great to kind of build that muscle if you want real usable strength that you can use uh that you can really lift the fucking heavy shit Most of it is going to have a lot more to do with muscle memory on good technique. And obviously the muscle strengthening go along with it, but it's just the muscle memory for the good technique to get the weight up as efficiently as possible. Good good technique and good technique in bodybuilding exercises is is letting one muscle do all the work and not allowing the rest of the body to help move the weight. The way the way natural weight movements would work when you're naturally moving weight because you need to move a bag of concrete. (laughs) <laughs> your body will find the best way to move it for your strength, your abilities, everything. Uh, when it comes to isolating a bicycle, you're doing it in the worst, kind of most most, most painful, isolated way for that muscle. We gets no help. You know, just want to kind of throw that distinction out. I mean, listen, you, you could get a couple of really kind of big, small bodybuilders um, to just unload a cement truck. Or you could get a you know a big a big uh a Chico with a uh, landscaping sweater to fucking unload a bag full of bags of concrete. And the probably the 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 Chico uh with the with the with the construction company uh hoodie, uh he's gonna he's gonna unload that truck and then have more energy to do things with his day later on than the bodybuilders. You get bodybuilders that I used to isolate in body parts and all these things, and you get them unloading concrete where they they have to figure out their own technique to do this more efficiently. Those guys are going to be hurt, man. They, 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 they're not going to be in the gym for a couple of days. It's just muscle memory and technique take, takes over. It took a little different angle on it, uh, Steve, but there it goes. I
0: once uh, did some, I uh, was laying some concrete for a parking, um, like for a driveway, you know, and uh, I went to go pick up the, the bag of, uh, of concrete not, you know, that wasn't mixed yet, the powder. And, um, you know, I had a hard time picking it up, but I you know, at the time I was cleaning jerking, you know, like 250 pounds. And the person there was like laughing. They're like, you know, why are you having a hard time lifting a 50 pound bag? And I was like, look, I mean, this is different than weight training. You know, the bag is, is just this big ass bag. You can't grip it. Like you can a bar, you know, it's more of, you got to kind of put it, like you said, like you got to kind of hold it like a baby, and then kind of throw it over your shoulder to carry it. So it's it's very different than, uh, than weight training. It just make goes to show you um uh, you know you know there's been there's been Edger uh, and James a uh, football player. He used to uh he never weight trained in his life, but he worked on his grandpa's watermelon farm and he picked up watermelon and carry them, you know, to the truck, whatever, back and forth. So he actually built his muscle just from working on the watermelon, uh, farm, never from, from weight training. So a lot of times cuz these construction jobs, you know, you're getting a workout just from the construction jobs. You don't even need to go to the weight room, you know? So think about that. If you work in construction, maybe, you know, whatever muscles you work that day, and then you want to go to the gym, work on a different group of muscles. Guys, guys, with, good genetic,
1: guys with good genetics will get pretty ripped off of a construction job you know we've again with facebook with social you all know what i'm talking about we've seen pictures especially if you're a meathead social is algorithm is showing you bodybuilding shit at least 30% of the time we've all seen pictures of some you know some some guy in bangladesh with a, with a you know t-shirt wrapped over his head cuz it's so hot and he's just glistening and he's fucking ripped in in some construction site or in some farm i think if genetics plays a way, everybody in the community eating about the same, uh, uh, the guy with the good genetics is going to get ripped at the construction site. The rest of the guys are going to look like everyone else that has that diet. But th- th- I mean, working like a heavy construction job is just as legitimate of a, uh, of a physical activity as anything. And if you complement it with a good diet to go along with it, I mean, you might have, you might have something going. Duncan construction.
0: All right. So the next topic we're going to get to is uh, this one is yours, Rick uh, playing in hobby sports leagues. You said C O L coal, but you meant cool. And why is, is it cool or not? Is it cool or not? Why? Yeah. Why is it cool? So why don't you talk about it? We have like, we have about five, 10 minutes left. Why don't you talk a little bit about it? And I'll kind of chime in uh, here or there and kind of
1: uh, rub your balls a little bit in it, but go ahead. Hey, and give You me your know, opinion. You you know I I don't watch I don't like watching organized sports but I'll I'm more likely to not go in and play a pickup game of basketball play a little pickup game of soccer you know a uh, uh, flag football like I got those skills to play those sports um, I might go do that before I sit down and watch somebody else play so actually like get like getting bodies in motion um, but then I. I find guys that take it too seriously to take it too far. And I just wanted to pose the question of how healthy that is. Like right now, I know, I know, uh, like, I know people that are not making a life out of this, have a regular job and are like fucking killing themselves <laughs> at, you know, a, at a little rugby league or at a, you know, just like really, like really going hard on the paint and getting hurt. Uh, uh, you know, limping to work the next, you know, on Monday. Um, Just because they're taking competition real serious in their late 30s and 40s when obviously your time to become a professional is already kind of eclipsed. And um, I see my dad up there with it too. He's 55. He He plays in like two soccer leagues, Saturday and Sunday games. Gets hurt a lot by the way, a couple of times a year, he's got some sort of injury, but it makes him feel alive. And I mean, I, I think that I advocate a lot, just doing real training, real sports, real something to get your workout in, as opposed to just sitting on a treadmill or a stationary bike or whatever. Right. But at the same time, um, Snow know your limits. Don't get fucking hurt. You know what I mean? You don't like how much really is that hobby worth that if you got to have a disc replacement because of a, of a hobby, right? I mean, you got, you got to really love it if it's not your career. I don't know. It's just a lot to think about a lot of, cause I've been, I've been thinking about that. I, I have a lot of people near me that play in these leagues, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but Rick,
0: you're not you're not athletic enough to play in any of those leagues. They'd laugh you off. I mean, if you went out for
1: basketball, they'd laugh you off the court. Uh actually I'm a great pickup basketball player. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Let me let me tell you, let me tell you uh, uh, get, uh sports that I'm actually very good right, at that I could just come in and do. Um soccer, no problem. Uh basketball, no problem. Uh you know, touch hand football, obviously, no problem. Why, why um, touch hand? Why not tackle? Um, why you, huh? i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't would do tackle football because i don't i don't i don't i, mean, I don't, probably end up getting hurt i don't have the technique for it yeah like i don't have the experience yeah. i've never put pats on and played a get one game of tackle football but i've played two-hand touch football you know i play flag football like a lot yeah would you I rather think. like tackle a man or would you rather just touch him I, i'd rather wrestle him on a, on a mat on a footy mat I'd rather wrestle him. Like off. if he if he had a, a ball, <laughs> if he had a
0: ball, right? And he's like running and he's like running at you. Would you rather just like how would you tackle him? Like if he was like let's say a guy was running at you, big big dude was running at you, he outweighed you by like 30 pounds, and he's running at you full speed with the ball, right? No. how would you bring him to the ground? I'm just curious to hear your opinion.
1: Okay, I never having played a a game of, of uh yeah. of tackle football, but haven't watched enough of it. Yeah, I I know the proper technique would be to try to get his waistline right around, right over my shoulder. Like like you know, if I was standing and carrying uh, uh, uh someone over my back like a caveman, I'd want to get to that with me running against him, and avoid smashing my my head into his into his helmet or into a part of of his body that would divert me yeah. in way. The perfect tackle legal right cuz it's illegal to go below the knee that's why guys got so big i think it was, it was no like, you can oh, go man. below the knees to tackle oh, okay so that's why yeah. guys got, guys got so big now cuz you can, something about the rule changing a, a few decades ago may made, made may made we can't block
0: men. someone below the knees um it, you can't do a crack back There's something block about a rule
1: really change that, that that made it so yeah. now you got fucking giants on the line. But if
0: you're trying to tackle someone, I mean you can get
1: them. As I know as that's the per- I know helmet. that's the perfect tackle. Yeah. Or you I know the, know the, the tackle perfect you- tackle is yeah. I know the perfect tackle is grabbing Around the waistline, like either from behind or from the front, just dripping onto that fucking waistline, and then from there on, you know, whatever. If I'm going, if he's coming towards me, you know, he's done. If I grab his waistline, I, uh, and if he's, you know, if he's running away from me, you know, I could probably fuck him up too. So, uh, is am I correct or wrong?
0: Um, yeah. Here's here's why you're wrong on that. If the guy outweighs you, you okay. definitely don't want to do that. The best okay. thing to do if the guy outweighs you is go okay. up. His head, like grab him by the neck, and kind of okay. use his momentum to bring him to the ground that okay, like way. A yeah, yeah, something because because
1: he's, But I can't, I can't, I can't so I can't grab the metal in his helmet, but I could grab the head of his helmet.
0: No, no, you can grab like around the neck, like grab him by the neck and kind of like get it, get his balance off and bring him down because he outweighs you. But if he, if you outweighed him, you know, like a linebacker trying to bring down a running back, yeah, you want to obviously square him up and you want to get him. You know, his legs in the correct form would have been would be go, you know where the knees, the back of the knees are. You yeah. you basically want your hands there, and you want to square them up, and then kind of you know kind of pick them up, and then stop his momentum and basically put them on put them on his butt that way. That would be you know the most ideal. But if you if you watch like NFL and you watch you know the way they they hit each other, most of the time it's really if you see like a, a running back. Who's barreling down the field, and you see like a corner or safety who's weighs less than the running back or the fullback, right, or a tight end or something? Mm-hmm. They actually will will either will you know they'll either like just kind of get them off balance to bring them down, or they'll
1: just kind of cut them. You know, oh, and, but, and, but, you know, and I also forgot when I was I was trying to think it thinking about answering this question, Uh slowing the guy down could could be just as good as as taking him down yourself because then you got teammates that could bring him down too so yeah you're absolutely right if it, yeah. the guy's huge uh uh grab one to the top of his of his head um uh, it'll like like a bull it'll pull pull his body either you know either way and um and yeah and then you even if you just if you just slow him down enough for your teammates to catch up, he's fucking done. You don't have to really yeah. bring him down. I tried,
0: I tried your strategy. Ball. Um, when I used to play football, I just get you just get run over doing
1: that because the guy could see I could see, if, yeah, if I, could see guy, I could see how a guy be huge. Um yeah. uh, guy. if they got, outweigh
0: I, you, they're just gonna run you over because I mean they're just coming at you with the momentum and stuff. So in that situation, let's if you're outweighed by the guy like 30, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, whatever, you can definitely you know, get him up high and kind of get his balance out, and then bring him down. It's not the most form; ta- it's not a form tackle at all. But it's it's completely, it's the best way to get someone big down. Of you course, know, but I, if they're smaller I, than you, just fucking, you know, just fucking. I just remember, you
1: know? so I just so I just remembered something. Um, I actually have the video. I have a video for this. I've actually never put it on Facebook, but I'll show it to you. Um, I, I had like a we made a wager with this kid, uh, uh like twenty bucks. He's big football player like six two, six three, uh 200 and time of the video, like 220, 230 pounds, big dude. And um, we bet that I, that I basically bet him that it was weird. It was a weird conversation, but I basically made the comment that I've been, I've been doing martial arts so long that unless the person was trained, no matter how big the dude was, unless he was actually trained in hand-to-hand combat, I'd fuck him up. But if he had some training, if he was bigger than me, he could, the basics at least, he could mess me up pretty bad. And he, he said, I'll never train, but I bet you I could, you know, you couldn't take me. I'm too big for you. So I said, nah, it'd be like, it'd be like a Wolverine taking down a, a fucking bison. Like, I, it would it'd be, it'd be funny, but I'd fuck you up. And he said, put your money with your mouth. This. So anyway, like 10 minutes later, we're, we're out in the front yard with our, with our shorts on uh, wrestling. And yeah, when I... I tried to see what his reaction time, he had no reaction time to me dropping level. So I knew I could have shot a double, a double on him, which is what I suggested here. But I knew with his big ass dude, um, if I got in like that, he could just swing me around, crush me with his weight. So I just, I just picked up, like, picked his ankle up off the ground a little bit and then just laid my, my shoulder on his knee. Uh, against the joint just like like pick his ankle over the ground and laid my shoulder on his knee against the joint and with that he just felt like a tree backwards like timber and I but like now that I'm thinking about it yeah like I even from a slow wrestling kind of pace I didn't want to be stuck around under the dude now I couldn't fucking imagine at my size I got a big 240 200 something pound guy with momentum running towards me yeah. I think the, I mean, unless I'm also 200 and something pounds, the last place I'd want to be is trying to smash into his, into his hips with all of that uh, leg propulsion there. And yeah, like even, yeah, even at slow speed, even, yeah. Even when I used to, when we used to do King of the Hill and, and, you know, the wrestling mat and I'd get up uh, against guys higher above weight than me. I try to do ankle pegs, you know, I'd try to do anything but try to be stuck under somebody with a double leg. So you actually read about that. That's pretty interesting, Steve. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, but most people are going to be
0: like, oh, Steve, you don't know what you're talking about, yada, yada, yada. If you guys watch like big NFL hits, you'll see the way the guys they tackle, but they, they're picking up a guy and body slamming them. I'm not impressed. I mean, if you outweigh the guy by 30, 40 pounds, that's fine. But watch, watch a corner tackling a fullback or a big tight end. They'll either do it you know, up high, the way I was saying, or they'll just fucking dive at their knees. You see Rob Gronkowski, he t- you know, they blew out his knee that way. You're not going to tackle Rob Gronkowski if you're a safety, you know, by, by form tackling him. No, you're just going to dive at his knees, take out his knees, and, you know,
1: okay, he, he, you, he's you, coming you've out. Seen this in, you've seen this in football where two guys run at each other. Um, the guy who's, let's say there's a guy running, there's a guy waiting for him they both hit each other the guy receiving the guy that's running they both make contact shoulder to shoulder or what we call in wrestling like over under you know they they they, they both make contact and then the guy receiving the guy coming at him will twist his body just his upper body and just change the momentum of the guy coming at him and, and twist him around throw him around so you, you he doesn't just get hit, take the hit, try to go head to head. As he's coming in, he takes the momentum and twists him. I've seen guys do that in, in football clips. In wrestling, that's sort of a, a lateral drop. Even though in wrestling, to really do a nice lateral drop, you take a little extra step in, in, in between the guy's legs to really yank that bitch. I don't think in football you could really time it enough to take that additional little step unless you were, like, really good. But I've seen guys do that. I, I've never done it. Like I said, I've never played a, a – game with pads on but i'm pretty sure that's something i might have tried to get good at is grabbing guys upper body and then twisting twisting my body around like lateral drop style to to throw people um use their own momentum against them i've seen football players do that and and when i was uh when i wrestled that was i was pretty good at it if anybody locked with me over and under long enough um um that you know or if i could like trick them into pushing their weight against me they i mean they'd be going for a ride pretty 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 good pretty easily
0: all right, guys, so we're out of time on this episode. Definitely let us know your opinions on this. Uh, if you've ever played football, let us know how, you know, what would you do if a guy who was four, 50 pounds more than you was barreling down the field full speed? How would, you, how would you best take him down? We'll talk to you guys next week. This was episode number 475. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our
1: experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical.